Do that again. Okay, hang on. Elmo is a very big fan of Imbi rolling bourbon. <laughs> so that that's Elmo. That's that that is legit. Just don't Elmo. Tickle. Don't I need tickle. you to do truck stop Elmo. <laughs> <laughs> Elmo wants to know if you want to go at Elmo stall. <laughs> yeah, shake Truck your foot stop Elmo. Elmo. Where would you like for me to tipple you, Elmo? <laughs> <laughs> that tickle. <laughs> oh, so bad. So All bad. right, let's start this. <laughs> My name is John Edwards, and Zeke Baker is off sleeping somewhere, and together we make the Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Wherever you are, whatever time it is, thank you for making us a part of your day, and this is one of my favorite episodes every year. I think we're going to get to do a couple. This is when our friends from the Firewater Review, and that is when we have Seth Brown and Aaron Cave, and also Aaron's brother Jeremy, who loves to tag along and provide Cuban cigars for us all, so thank you for that. Uh, that is what, there's one time a year we all get to get together. Everybody is always excited, and we are on site somewhere, but say hello to the folks, Seth and Aaron, because it's great to have you. Hello, Seth and Aaron. Hey. It's been a long time. It has. It's been almost one it's year. It's literally exactly. been a year. It has been. Thank yeah. You. Do you guys remember how to do a podcast? Uh, it's like training wheels. Yeah. It's like training wheels. Yeah. Once they come off, once you start riding, you, you, you never forget. No, you don't. Yeah. You don't. You guys were hiding in the attic at Zeke's Airbnb. I think uh, Zeke is currently in the attic at Zeke's Airbnb. Probably. He's sleeping. He's yeah, sleeping he's in sleeping. the attic. Yeah, sorry. It's, what is it? It's like Toys in the Attic, the uh, the Aerosmith album. What, what kind yeah. of toys are we talking about? Yeah. It's more if, like bourbon in the attic for us. If it's Zeke, a... you never know what toys are in the attic. <laughs> so I, the uh, Firewater Review toys are, it, it's whiskey in the attic. Yes. It's whiskey in the attic. That's what it is. So we're I thought it was whiskey in the jar. No, it's whiskey in the attic for us because we like to hide out. We take a year hiatus and then we show back up randomly at MB Roland and that's what we do. Well, I always think it's funny because I, I know you guys, you use me and that's okay. You use me just to get your podcast fixed. Because you have great recording equipment. Yes. We're low budget, you're high budget. No, you you <laughs> you have figured out how to do the Skype thing well. Not everybody figures out how to do a Skype podcast well, but you guys have actually figured out levels and, and stuff like that. And I, I think that's only something that, that people as professional as you two have been able to do. I appreciate that. We, I appreciate when you guys podcast. I am dying to know when you guys are going to podcast again. Will this happen? We, we are dying to know, too. Yes. You always <laughs> dangle the <laughs> carrot. <laughs> you always dangle the carrot. Yeah. People want to know. There was, you there you was, do know that I'm in marketing, right? I do know this. <laughs> I do know this. There was a little conversation last night. There was. Yeah, it couldn't. It, you know, it's, it's hard. It is. You're a dad drinking bourbon. Uh, we're both dads drinking bourbon as well. And uh, it's, it's hard. I feel but. like both of you are like exes and you love the idea of being with each other. But then when you go to practice it, it doesn't always work out. No. It's it, like, when we're together, it actually works so, out really well. Really. It's, it's a great chemistry between us. <laughs> it's a love story. <laughs> we met online. We swiped yeah. right. And it's here we are. Yeah. <laughs> So maybe if you guys, next time, I think what you should do is plan like three or four days in Nashville. And if you can record 52 episodes. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> if you can record 52 episodes in those three days. Even if you record. <laughs> we had a year's worth of, yeah, of shows. Yeah. yeah. Or That's even all. if you record 12, you could do once a month. Uh, but yeah. like once a year, you guys get together for three days. And you just record podcasts in Zeke's Airbnb, and then you're all set. So the, the, the funny story about that is that we were sitting on the back porch last night at Zeke's Airbnb, 
as he was he was hiding in the attic. I love how we're talking about Zeke and he's not no, here. He's not here. That's what happens when you're not here. So we were sitting out on the on the deck last night having some pours and Aaron looked at me and said uh, it was like what what do you think about firing the show back up or something along those lines. But you brought up the the option of doing it once, once a month. Once a month. Yeah. yeah. So I think once a month is probably feasible. I mean, my kids are a little bit older, and they're getting into baseball and softball and just being older kids and a little bit more hectic life, and that definitely seems more reasonable. Uh, It's not that we don't like drinking whiskey, that we're not putting out shows. So it's it's on the table. It's on the table. I understand for us, it's like, you can get us, but you have to get us after 9, 9.30. Yeah. Yeah. Right? You'd be surprised how many distilleries come to Nashville and say, yeah, you know, we will hang out with you after 9.30. That's the thing with me right now in my point and in my family's life is that it may be after 10.30 or 11 o'clock. Yeah. And most normal people on a work night are going to sleep at that point. That's why you have to be like me. I mean, I maybe sleep four to five hours a night. Yeah, I can't do that anymore. I, well, you're, you're 21 years old. I wish. And I'm 58 years old. <laughs> I don't, I'm making shit up now. No, but, I mean, uh, you look younger than I do. You're not bald and there's, fat. There's, there's gray hair. You have no gray. I have some beard. gray. Look right there. I got some gray <laughs> hair in the beard. I have gray here. I have gray here. You have gray right in the middle. I'm graying from the sides in, <laughs> just like I was balding from the back to the front. It's all moving to your chin. It is eventually it's migrating. Once it's everything, like glaciers. once everything converges at the chin, we know the, I, the hair glaciers are melting to your chin. That's I would have reached peak Benjamin Button status when everything reaches my chin. Um, but that being said, I, I really do appreciate what you guys do. I think there is a big um, there's a big void without the Firewater Review in the podcast world. I think a lot of people would agree with me. It, it's just the the attention to detail that you guys do to every single one of your pours that that you review, and just your love for whiskey. Uh, I will stop being sentimental. We appreciate you. And that, that's all I'll say, and, and we hope that you guys figure something out, even if it's quarterly. You know what? Start quarterly. Maybe, you know, once a quarter, we can you guys the, get together. We can be the best quarterly podcast we can be. Well, if you think about it, you guys could do like three to four whiskeys and do once a quarter, yeah. right? So you do one show that's really long. Maybe it's an hour and a half. Maybe it's every barrel pick that we should do that's yeah. when we record a show. Yeah. Maybe yeah. that's it. But we are here at MB Roland, and we are picking a barrel. It's an annual tradition now for the Firewater Review. You guys have extended the uh, doors to Dad's Shrinking Bourbon to come tag along with you. And then, you know, we have Paul and Mary Beth and Mike from MB Roland that are here. Jeremy, we, we mentioned him. He's just there smoking his cigar. <laughs> He's the Z. He's the Firewater Review. He's looking all cool, but uh, Paul, Mary Beth, Mike, thank you so much for extending your doors open to us and, and letting us come pick a barrel. This is the second barrel pick I've had at MB Roland, and it's just been a great experience. You know, we were going. You guys are actually doing right now, pulling back the curtain a little bit. You're doing your Bourbon and Beyond takeover, so you have the password for Bourbon and Beyond. And if you drop your phone, and all of a sudden people start saying, Dad's drinking bourbon over and over. Um, but this is, this is your takeover for bourbon and beyond. But I said it on there. It's a very family atmosphere when you guys do a pick here. You, you have this big, long barn. This used to be a horse barn, right? This a dairy barn. a dairy barn. Dairy barn? Oh, those are cow things. Yep. They look like they, look like they were horses. There's trenches right here that are concreted in that used to be where the cow actually you know that was their their rear end faced that direction boom there you go that's where the udders were yes it's an udder trench (laughs) so how long have you got clean it up (laughs) so the udder trench (laughs) 
<laughs> Mike said it. Mike said it. So let's talk about you guys here for a minute. I mean, love doing a pick here, but you guys have been along. This is about your 10th year, right? Tell us a little bit about your story. And Paul, I want to say you are a very smart man naming a distillery after your wife. <laughs> and uh, I, I applaud you as a dad, and I understand where you came from. No, that was totally an accident. I'm sure it, it was, was a quote-unquote accident. No, I'll tell you the story. Hey, honey, guess what? I named a distillery after you. Like We, we had sat there and we had tossed up so many different names and ideas, and there actually was a previous distillery on this road, Barker's Mill. So we thought about, you know, kind of giving a nod to history, but we didn't want it to appear like we were hijacking history, so we decided that we were not going to do that. We're not affiliated with that distillery. And he looks at me and he says, you know, honey, he says, I think I want to name the distillery after you. And I'm a woman. I was so impressed. I was, it touched me. In my heart, it touched me. Now you know why I played the guitar. (laughs) (laughs) I I figured out how to play John Mayer and Dave Matthews real quick. Right? (laughs) Do not ever come to my house. My wife is a huge Dave Matthews The difference is Paul then turns around and looks at me. And uh, our legal last name is Tomaszewski. My maiden name is Roland. He says, yeah, nobody can say Tomaszewski. So for a moment, he was really, really good. And then he lost it. He just went off the cliff. It's like, stop at the edge. Don't say anything else. You know, you already won me over. But then when it's like, yeah, nobody can say Tomaszewski, you're done. It's still can't say. So what do you guys think, though, about maybe putting out like a vodka line? Tomaszewski yeah, would be right? a great vodka line. We don't have column stills. I know, but maybe Tomaszewski gin. That would be a good one. Yeah, the problem is I don't like gin either. There is some good, a good barrel aged There's a few gin. out there with, with a gin and tonic, a good tonic that I like, but it's not my thing. There are some barrel aged gins right now. Treaty Oak just put out a barrel aged gin. It's like 147 proof. So why would you want Christmas tree in your bourbon? I'm not attacking anyone. I'm just, I'm just sitting there going, it's like, why mess with it? It's, just, it's good the way it is. You know? For the same reason I like Midwinter's Night's Dram. One week out of the year. Yeah. When it's Christmas, you know, and it's nothing against High West. I think it's a great pour. I'm normally not a wine finish guy, but that thing is Christmas in a cup. And there's just something about, like, when the Christmas tree is up and you have the stockings hung, that's when I go for that Midwinter's Night Strand. But, you know, right now in July and no. in in uh, Tennessee, you there's no way I'm going for that. Yeah. yeah. So, so he named it after you. Mm-hmm. Keep keep going. You were you were telling so Tomaszewski was too hard to say, so he named after you. Yeah, literally, just my initials MB. It stands for Mary Beth. Roland is my maiden name. So that was it. I mean, that's that's literally it. There's. He said, I said it sounded like a whiskey. Yeah, that's true. And so he's got you for. I mean, not only are you guys married, but like he he can always be like, I named the distillery after you, honey. Yeah, but what that means to me is some women drive their husbands to drink. I drove mine to making it. (laughs) I do love that. So what made you two actually decide to open a distillery in the first place? Did you have the farm before and you decide to open up a distillery or did you... Did you do it all at the same time? What what actually got you going there? We we had a uh, family farm that was um, about a thousand acres. He's and, making up crap. Um, Don't stop. You stop. Know. Tell the truth. Quit. So, uh, if no. it was a thousand acres, like yeah, ISO, that'd be awesome. I'm I'm just looking for ten. Give me a quarter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, absolutely nothing other than we said or I said hey, this would be cool. And she said, okay, I'm willing to go along with that. Stupidly, but she said that. (laughs) I I want you to back up just a little bit because I know a little bit more to the story. So you were 101st. Mm -hmm. You were a screaming eagle. You were out of the military. I was getting out, yeah. Getting out, yeah. Yeah. She's like, I like the area. Right. So were you in Clarksville already? Yeah, we, we, we lived within... Five miles of here. So Fort Campbell got out of the military, decided you wanted to kind of hang out in, in this area. Where where'd you grow up? 
I'm from Louisiana originally, outside of New Orleans. Go so, Saints. Yeah, yeah. Who that? <laughs> we, we were robbed. Um, don't that worry. game was off. That call was awful. Don't worry. We're going to make it up this year. But that being said, completely different, you know, in a lot of ways, culture from where I grew up from here. And, and this area has continued to develop and grow over the years. But, I mean, I jokingly say this, but where I'm from, when people say they don't drink, that just means they don't drink except in, you know, social situations. And, I mean, when people around here say they don't drink, that means they have never in their lives. Or they just simply don't. They, yeah. They don't even keep alcohol in the house. I mean, they're very serious about that around Or they hide and keep it in the garage. Well, that's true. Yeah. Or there are dry counties or, or all sorts of things. I mean, yeah, yeah I know. Yeah, but usually for the folks that live in dry counties, if they choose to drink, they'll go to a neighboring county and mm-hmm. go get their stuff. I mean, that's... That's what we did for a long time in Hopkins Absolutely. County. Because it was my senior year in high school. So 1995, Hopkins County became wet. So prior to that, we would cross the line into Christian County mm-hmm. and pick up whatever we needed through a drive-through. Mm-hmm. So Which is really that. funny that Christian County was the wet yeah. county. Well, then you got Bourbon County. Yeah, and Christian Which just county. went wet a few years ago. Exactly. But Bourbon County is actually named after the French family. Yes. So not actually after the drink. They right. Were. Correct. Well, and Christian County is also not named because of Christians. In right. The area. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's just the Revolutionary War Colonel. Yeah. Yes. There's a man named Christian. Yes. Yeah. But so it was still made for the, a fun The story. irony of it, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so was the farm the dream first, or was the distillery no, the dream just, first? No, it just, the, the actual location here popped up. And it was one of those things where it was an Amish farm, and it came up for sale, and we kind of knew at the, at the time that that was a rarity. And looking at everything, we said, there's too much here telling us that this is right, that this is the place to do this. And so we went ahead and got got the actual land, and the plan was, okay, what are we going to do? Well, we, you know, this is a big chunk of debt to take, so let's go ahead and uh, get things going and, and start the distillery and make some money off of this. I mean, we actually have to cash flow. <laughs> make money. <laughs> Right. This is not what you get paid to do. This is not what you get paid to do. Yeah. Well, it, it's funny. I mean, I've I've heard this joke a million times, and anybody listening to the podcast, I apologize, but you know, you truly have liquid assets. Right. Once you have a distillery, it's like you're you're a hundred percent liquid. Where yeah. it's all sitting in the the barn upstairs. I'm so it's, thankful it's like, they're a hundred percent liquid. It's well, like it's, on <laughs> it's just it's just now that. The, the actual lending market is looking to actually um, value what you have as far as assets in storage. Uh, I mean, this is a, a new phenomenon for small distilleries now over the past year or two. And so we can, you know, actually say, okay, we've got this much and this is, this is how much we currently sell. And, you know, there's a certain amount of value based on that inventory. So it's, it's a new concept. Now, tell us a little bit about the distillery here, because you know you have a, a regular bourbon, you have a weeded bourbon, you have a rye, you have a couple other products I want to talk about here in a little bit, but tell everybody a little bit about your story and, and what you guys um, actually produce here. You, you got a great staff, you got Mike, you got Liz, you got Taylor, and, and both of you, so Tell me a little bit about what y'all are doing and what you have for... Hey, everybody knows Grandma's Candy Bowl. And that's, that's one that we'll, we'll talk about. If that's, they don't, they should know. Yeah. <laughs> and if they don't, it's probably too late, right? <laughs> exactly, because it's gone. She gone. Tell us a little bit about what you guys are actually producing. So our focus is, is bourbon, and we have one main recipe that we do that's uh, 78% white corn, local white corn, grown here in Christian County and 17% rye, 5% malt. And the idea is we want some spice in there, but we don't want it over the top. And so we also make a weeded bourbon, a dark-fired bourbon, and we also make a rye whiskey, and of course our dark-fired whiskey, and several other whiskeys, but at at the end of the day, the bulk of what we're making as far as barrels and filling, you know, new actual cooperage 
is our standard bourbon mash. And then second to that would be the weeded bourbon and then the rye whiskey, well, the dark fired bourbon as well. Yeah. But um, the dark fired bourbon is largely hedged on how much uh, volume of dark fired corn we have, which is limited right now. And, and it, you know, we'll continue to make more of that, but uh, it's, it's one of those things that uh, it's very labor intensive to actually smoke the corn the way that we do and when when we get that we'll basically immediately make product with it um, the dark fired whiskey which is the same recipe but aged in a used barrel particularly a used bourbon barrel that one is almost like a Kentucky scotch we don't like using that word but at the same time that's the best description minus of course the peat and the iodine and a lot of the stuff that hopefully people don't like associated with scotches as far as, far as flavors go. I feel like there's a lot of American malts or, or higher malted American whiskeys where an Irish whiskey is just really an easy drinker and a scotch is going to have more of that malt. Uh, depending on the area of Scotland that you're actually getting it from, it might be more peated. You know, an Isla is going to be more peated than a Highland and, and all that, but... I feel like American malts are a very approachable scotch light where if you like a little bit more malt that can make it a nice drinker it just doesn't have the smokiness or the band-aid flavor that the iodine uh, yeah and 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 I know you said we're not allowed to say that band-aid but I, I'm not saying it about your stuff I'm saying it about <laughs> scotch and and that that is very much a, a band-aid type Sometimes it's it's more of the Isla than anything else, but I, I really like seeing what those American whiskeys are actually doing with a, a more malted Scotch-like profile. It's just me. Well, of course, we're not using malt as the main grain. It's it's the Kentucky kind of bourbon accent with doing it corn-based. Um, the the whole thing with malt is, of course, the level of smoke and peat and all that fun stuff. And some places peat their own malt, some places don't. It's just, it depends on the scotch distillery. But in our case, you know, we're smoking all the corn here and that's, we've played with smoking other grains, but at the end of the day, smoking the corn, we can integrate that flavor with smoked corn without having to smoke other grains. And, um, and it's a unique flavor, it really is. That campfire kind of barbecue flavor and aroma you get with it. I mean, it's not for everyone, but a lot of people are just like, man, that's very unique, very different. Um, Definitely makes some really cool cocktails, too. Yeah, certainly. But a lot of the distilleries in America that are doing smoke things, they're either not smoke, they might be using their own grain that they buy peated, or they might... Um, buy you know a certain amount of malt that's from scotland whatever but in our case you know we're smoking all the corn and making a very unique flavor with the hard wood smoked um, you know process that we do here just like the tobacco farmers in western kentucky talk a little bit about the the grains because that that's something that we've spoken about a little bit and the white corn is yeah. unique the, the, for... the, the, the white corn and it's all local yeah it's all local it's it was just unique that when we set up here and we went to the local granary and we started talking to them about different grains to use as our main grain for you know whatever bourbon recipe we were going to use and they came up with the they said well we have this white corn and so talked to them about it as far as the quality and the biggest thing is it's food grade it's actually made for sending to places that make grits and tortilla chips and in our case we're sitting there going, well, if it's good enough for food, it sure as heck should be good enough for whiskey, for bourbon. And so we came up with that, and we did not realize at the time that having access to a large volume of white corn like we have, a good quality white corn, is a unique situation for any distillery, um, particularly for any in Kentucky that are, you know, they might get be getting uh, yellow number two yellow dent corn all that kind of stuff and in our case we're just like 
hey, you're right there. Why don't you bring us the white corn that uh, that that y'all have there in a huge volume? Talk a little bit about that though, because if if you turn back the clock to the '80s, late '70s, and even prior to that, I mean, a lot of those corns were still. They weren't necessarily food grade because I think that's where you guys kind of set set apart from the rest. Right? Yeah, we we actually get ours as cleaned and ready to go for food production versus a typical big distillery. They're going to get their grain and they're going to have to go through some kind of uh, you know sifting process to actually provide a a corn that it doesn't have all the cha- the chaff and the you know, gravel and things like that in there that come essentially from the stuff off the combine out in the field. Well, one thing too I want to point out is that a lot of folks um, they they have our bourbon and and they say you know there's a lot of sweetness in it. Um, there's a lot of uh, sometimes it's corn forward. We do get some folks that that think that we still age in very small barrels because when we started we actually did have you know smaller barrels. Uh, now we've graduated up to mainly 53s. That's pretty much almost all we're filling, except for a few 25s. Um, and the misconception is is that that deep flavor and the real rich sweetness is coming from those smaller barrels, because a lot of craft distilleries get known for that. Um, and it's not. It's not at all. It's coming from that corn, and it's coming from the, the clean distillate that that uh, corn provides. So the, the dark color is one of the comments that I've had so often, especially on the Grandma's Candy Bowl that mm-hmm. we picked last year. You think about it, it's a, it's a five-year-old bourbon that is darker than a lot of the, the 12-year-old. Granted, the, a lot of the 12-year-old are blended barrels. That's a 12-year-old. What do you think the, the darker color is attributed to on the MB Roland distillate? Well, number one, it's not watered down. Yeah. We add zero water. So once it goes from the steel, it goes to the barrel and it goes into the bottle. Uh, there's there's a lot of people that think that, you know, they, they want to taste something from the barrel. Well, when you get in be rolling, you are. You're yeah. tasting it right from the barrel. It's a relatively low barrel entry proof at 110, roughly 110. I mean, it might be 109, might be 111, but right in that world. And then, of course, our aging climate if you want to call it that it, where our barrels are i mean it's not a huge warehouse with twenty thousand barrels so there's a lot of fluctuation from day to day from week to week more so than you get from a lot of your big distilleries where there maybe some of the barrels on the periphery of that warehouse are going to go up and down a little bit more but generally speaking especially the ones in the middle are are going to ha- have a certain amount of climate that they uh, hold on to based on you know the temperatures that the warehouse essentially holds on to for the overall microclimate is what I call it. Yeah, and I, I wanted you to go into that a little bit more because we were talking about that before we actually started recording. Which, as these things go, it tends to happen. We have a really good conversation, <laughs> and someone says, "Shit, I wish you were recording." <laughs> And I said, yeah, it just wasn't the right time. And then they said, that's what she said. But the <laughs> microclimate you were talking about, a lot of those bigger distilleries that have multiple floors or whether or not it's one rickhouse with multiple levels on one floor or multiple floors within the rickhouse, they, they almost have microclimates like where you know each floor is going to be a a different temperature, you know, the bottom floors might be 20 degrees less than the top floor, and, and you get into all of that. You guys, it's all in one floor, and it's basically going to be, it is what it is, right? Like, the whole, the whole room place, yeah, yeah. is going to be one temperature rather than different temperatures in different areas, right? Um, yeah, except occasionally you're going to get, uh, you're going to get where the sun beats down on the west side it really ends up warming up that one side of the barn but again that's just the one side of the barn it's not like multiple levels so you'll have some barrels come age a little bit faster than you will some others but again you know when you're talking about one aging warehouse with one level versus you know numerous uh that's gonna make a difference 
That's interesting. You guys, I mean, for being around for 10 years and and having, you know, I know you, you were at least in Tennessee. Where else are you guys besides Tennessee and Kentucky? Texas is one of our bigger markets. Um, California, Arizona, Nevada, Florida, Maryland, Delaware, Indiana, um, Illinois. So it's it's almost like I need to start asking you where aren't you right now? Well, there's Man. still plenty of places where we're not. Oh, we are in Louisiana lot. too. We're we're so Louisiana. close to Ohio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so close, all around <laughs> I it. I know, I know. Just kind of surrounding. That has a, a huge distribution compared to you know, what people might think. That that's a good number of states. I mean, that's got to be what ten to fifteen states yeah. right now. It is. It's good distribution, but it, it's not. We don't produce enough to have a lot of depth in those states. So um, you, you're not going to be able to find us everywhere. It's going to be in the stores that carry um, a wide variety of spirits, um, not so much your mass production type spirits. That makes sense. I guess one of the big questions is people that want to know about your product, they want to know what's in the future. Like, what are you guys planning on? What are you guys looking at in the future? Do you have certain, let's say, do you have wheat whiskeys? Do you have corn fire whiskeys? Is there there certain rye whiskeys? Is Is there something that you guys are kind of looking for the future that you that you want to promote that you want to you want to talk about like what, what's going on at the distillery right now jeremy pays attention to what's in your gift shop doesn't yeah. he he does <laughs> like he's been and then, there before and then he <laughs> buys it too yeah <laughs> we like kind of playing around with different things to kind of see what different directions we might want to go outside of bourbon and one thing that we um have have done over the past few months is what we call our uh, Kentucky Azul, which is a blue agave spirit that we actually distill here, and then we age it in our freshly dumped bourbon barrels. And uh, we've gotten a lot of good feedback from people in the industry that we've let try this, and so we're making more. The good news is, of course, this is a Reposado H product, so it only takes a few months to age versus years like bourbon. And one reason we decided to do it was because there really wasn't anything quite like this done, particularly in Kentucky. But then at the same time, we've got these barrels that we're dumping, and as opposed to sending them out, you know, what could we do with them to actually make a product? And this was, this was one that we figured out was really a neat concept when it comes to something that's different. A lot of bourbon drinkers, of course, are also tequila drinkers. There's a lot of crossover there in the market. And, you know, people that come here to the distillery, if maybe they're not a bourbon person, maybe they might be a tequila person. And we can, of course, legally we can't call it tequila. <laughs> And I will say this, like most college kids, at some point you have a bad experience with tequila. uh, (laughs) Never, never. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, well, I was one of those stupid kids and could not touch it for years. And once we made this product, it's such a good sipping product. Um, This is not something you want to do shots with. I mean, if you What's the proof on this one? It's 105 proof. Sorry, no, wasn't trying to cut you off. It's, but barrel, no, it's yeah. barrel proof, just like our bourbon, done the same way. You can actually sit and sip on this stuff. You don't have to mix it with anything. It's it's amazing. It's really smooth. It's got a buttery good finish, finish to very it. buttery finish from the bourbon. Buttery. I swore to kill off my whole life and <laughs> had to try it. We had it. It's like, damn. Well, the funny thing is our, our mutual friend, Jared Thatcher, and, and Kylie Thatcher, they, they said, don't leave and be rolling without having this Kentucky Azul. I didn't realize they had tried it. Yeah, okay. yeah, he tried it. Okay. And they just said, whatever you do, do not leave today without trying this. You're going to buy a bottle when you go to the gift shop. So we, we all have this salute. Salute. It's amazing. Slange, whatever it is. Sling. As they say. Slante? Slante. Which is slange. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Oh, gosh. No. It's good. That smells. No, no. Like, I, I don't drink tequila. I don't drink tequila. If, 
unless it is in a margarita. That's the extent of my tequila drinking. I've had good tequila and I've had really bad tequila. Isn't that good? The only margaritas I really have are pizza. There's <laughs> <laughs> that. You're going back to food. I'm, I'm staying on the liquid diet. You're going to the more solid. substantial solid diet. But I mean, I am more of a food guy. Look at me. Like I do not have the looks. I mentioned it on the Bourbon Beyond Takeover, but you guys are much more attractive than Zeke and I. 100%. You are you are much more appealing physically. You all are skinny. You don't have porn stashes. You don't have a bald head. Zeke has shaved his. Zeke he left didn't it in the trunk shave. of his car when he left today. Porn Zeke, did, no, he he had this mustache, Mary Beth, that looked. He looks like he had a van and that he was going to offer you candy. That's a child molester. So the, yes. That's, 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 no. that's child molester. I'm being, I'm being very nice saying the that. The last show that John, Zeke, Aaron, Jeremy, and I recorded together was when the mustache came into play. Was it, has it been a year? Oh, it's yes. Been, it's been Absolutely. Just a, 100%. 100%. And I asked him, where did you park the white van? He he looked like <laughs> with a teardrop on the back of it. Was it Zeke mother? looked like <laughs> Zeke looked like because <laughs> he's a motivational speaker. <laughs> <laughs> Zeke looked like he was going to come over to you and say like, "I need a van. It sounds like an ice cream truck. It has a song for all of the children." La da 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 da. That was he, it. Where's he, the news? <laughs> I'm just wondering where the muscly arm paper boy is. Call me. <laughs> but it was scary. I'm going to have to show you a picture here. So let, let's ask Paul to explain the whole background of that tequila, how, how it came to be. Thank you for and, keeping us on track. <laughs> and, and what the future is, is going for that. So yeah. the good part about this stuff is because it takes months versus years to age, we can make more of it as as we see people, you know, liking it as much as we do. Versus bourbon, of course, taking years. And um, this is one of those things that uh, as time goes by, we might get a little bit more aggressive into it. But initially, we're, we're seeing where it goes. And... You know, it's it's a cool product. It's it's fun to distill something that's completely different from making a whiskey mash, and the making the agave is more almost more like doing a rum with uh, you know molasses or sugar or something like that as far as the way that it acts. And uh, Kentucky yeah. just got their first order. Yep. So it just got distributed. So technically, it just now is going out to Kentucky. So. So right now it's only here and in very select Kentucky stores. And it's interesting because the label is even in Spanish. That's right. Mm-hmm. Hablo un poquito español, pero es muy mal. Lo siento. Do you know that from the English? It's uh, M.B. Roland Sin Corte y No Filtrado, which M.B. Roland uncut and unfiltered. Me being the, the uh, graphic designer, I like how all of your labels coordinate. But it's very awesome. I do like the look of them because it's almost like an old Western it is. label, you know. And, and yeah. I, I know Zeke always gives me crap for focusing on marketing more, but I focus on marketing because I want to know that people have at least taken the time right. to, you know, it's like if you just put it in a bottle and you put a label on it, I'm like, well, how much did you actually think about your presentation? It's like when you send an email to somebody and you have spelling errors. I'm like, did you really take oh, the time? Yeah. I'm such a Nazi when it grammar Nazi, spelling Nazi. It's well, horrible. In the case of the Spanish that's on the label for the Azul or the Agave, we have a gentleman that's a dear friend of ours that is certified in 50, I think 52 or 53 different dialects of Spanish. He worked for U.S. Customs. And so we ran this through him. So if anything's wrong grammatically, it's his fault. You all are producing a tequila, you're producing a moonshine, you're producing a weeded whiskey, a weeded bourbon, a bourbon, and a rye, amongst other things. So you have producers that are just producing a bourbon and moonshine just to stay in business. And in 
in some cases sourcing a bourbon just to stay in business. So where where do you all think, and this is a loaded question, you can answer it or not, where do you think you stand amongst those those people? I mean, you're distilling everything that you all produce yourselves. Tequila, bourbon, rye, wheat, everything. Well, the, the biggest thing is we're independent. So, I mean, we we think about what makes sense and certain products that we make right now that we sell the most of here on site at the distillery. I mean, we, we literally came up with as a fun, you know, project. And the intent was less so to make a product that was going to sell versus we want to make something that is fun and that we like and that we think other people will like. And so that's, that's the mentality we've carried over to everything that we do. And, you know, if one day we do a rum, it's, it's, it's going to be with that mentality. It's not going to be because, oh, let's make a rum because we don't have a rum on our shelf here, you know. And some of these places, of course, are, are much larger than us. They're, they're owned by conglomerates that, you know, they have a very distinct decision-making process. Luckily, we're not chained that way or, or you know, handcuffed that way when it comes to the way that we do things how much do you guys produce in a week so when you think about distilling uh, and your still size right now and and the multiple things you do do you do multiple bottles of different releases a week or do you kind of sit there and say okay we could put out three to five a week and three of them are going to be bourbon two are going to be rye or this week is all bourbon, next week's all rye. Or how okay. much of it do you come across and you think, holy cow, this is batch one rye, we're putting this out. This is phenomenal, everybody will want it. Well, it's two different mindsets. You've got what you put away, and then you have what you're actually pulling that's aged product. So we fill, we run six times a week, and each day we're running approximately six and some change, or I'm sorry, one and some change barrels. So we're running about seven to eight barrels a week. Not a lot, obviously, not a huge amount. The bulk of that is bourbon and whiskey. And some of the other products that we do is obviously a lesser amount of that. But in the case of, you know, the what we're putting away versus what we're pulling out, you know, you're gonna taste your product that's coming along, that's aging, or that gets to a point to you know, where you actually think that it's at, at a in a place where it's a good mature product that you actually want to bottle and use it and luckily for us you know we're not cutting product down we're taking barrels and blending them and bottling it at barrel proof so what we pull is essentially based on when it's ready there's (laughs) there's no magic number we look at roughly for our 25 gallon barrels two years is kind of the bell ringer for we need to try this we need to see where it's at certain barrels will say hey that needs some time that needs six months another year whatever it needs other products you know it one year in in uh, 365 days you're tasting it and you're going okay that's really really good so it's ready when it's ready uh, it, you, we, don't, we don't have an actual clock that we set on anything and then on the 53 gallon barrels it's minimum four years which is obviously the industry standard. So to follow up on that question, talk to us a little bit about your experimental barrels. Like I know you guys do some corn fire, you do weeded, you do malted, you do all kinds of different like one-off type of things. Talk to us a little bit like how often you would do that and then what you what you what you what you're trying to get like what your what your uh, what the intent is. What the intent is going with the one-off barrels you guys have. So about once every three or four months, we'll we'll make a unique recipe. We call it a single mash. That's just a one-off. And the idea is we're going to age it. We're going to see what happens. And like this one right here, which we pulled a sample of, y'all can try, is the uh, hemp bourbon. It's 20% Kentucky hemp, actual hemp seed. And so it has a very, very, very unique flavor from that uh, hemp. 
There's not a lot of starch content in hemp. It's mainly oil and protein. There's not a whole lot of starch for the sake of getting alcohol. It's definitely not cost efficient to make. No, it's, so we it's will certainly not, not <clears throat> making not a huge be a volume. Product. No, yeah. <laughs> but it's very unique and very different. And we've done that. Like we've got a sample here of a high wheat bourbon that's roughly double the amount of wheat that's in our standard weeded bourbon, and you know that's something that we're. We'll try it. We'll see how it ages because everything ages a little different based on the distillate that's going in the barrel. Uh, barrels, you'd like to think, are the same, and they technically are, but each individual barrel is going to have wood from different trees that are different ages. So it's not an exact apples-to-apples apples comparison when you age one thing with one recipe and compare it to something else. It's close, but it's not exactly there. So the barrel's staying the same, our process stays the same as far as the way we make the product, the recipe is the big thing that changes, and to a lesser extent, the yeast, because we try to stay true to our yeast, but of course, like with the agave, we had to use a different kind of yeast that's more prone to fermenting agave versus whiskey. And of course, the intent whenever you're doing something new is is it something that we want to continue making? Is it something that, you know, with being a smaller distillery, you can afford to do test batches? Um, it, it doesn't uh, cost an extreme amount, um, and obviously you're not depending on it for your uh, normal sales supply. Like, so I don't want to make a bunch it. of brandy. Yeah. Brand, brandy. We do have, we do have a, a we, we make a tiny a bit of brandy, brandy, and we're happy yeah. making that small amount. Yeah. And we don't want to make... A full-time product of brandy but there's a there's a lot of folks that love a weeded bourbon there's a lot of folks that love a rye whiskey um and i feel like weeded takes a little bit longer though which yeah. is which oh, is the always aging the, process yeah it's you, you could have a four-year bourbon i mean rye is always the easiest you could put out a two three-year rye and it, it could be really good bourbon might take a little bit longer and then i almost feel like weeded it's a little bit longer than that just to get right. Because the flavors are more subtle. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're more muted. Definitely yeah. rye's got that spicier note, that more cinnamon, pepper. It jumps note. out like, mm -hmm. a lot more aggressively. Yeah. Like today, for instance, we actually are doing our very first completely 100% rye grain uh, mash bill. So um, we'll see what that turns out like. But again, it's going to take a couple of years to find out. Now, when you do a test batch... <laughs> Are you doing a, a full still run, or are you doing a smaller test still? No, it'll be the full still run. It'll be roughly the equivalent of 225s or 153-gallon barrel. Which is our stills. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the ability. That's our current yeah. capability right now. So speaking of stills, we, we touched on this a little bit earlier just in the conversation, I think, before we actually hit record. We were talking about, <laughs> we were talking about column stills versus pot still. You guys are currently pot still. Do you, th kind of a two-part question, do you think you would ever go to column still, and why have you chosen to start with with pot still? Uh, no, I don't think we're ever going to go to column still. Um, it would completely change our flavor profile. It would completely change the way we would have to create the bourbon. Uh, with a pot still, we are able to control the proof content mm -hmm. that goes into the barrel, comes off the still. On a column still, it's going to be much higher. You're going to have to add that water, and in which case it is going to completely change yeah. what's in the bottle. And part of it, too, is the way it distills. I mean, the, the flavor you get from a pot distillation versus a column are marketably different. And I'm, I'm not saying one's better or one's worse, but we have grown ourselves with a pot distilled product and we feel that I mean it would be it would be wrong at this point to change the product that much by going to a column distillation process so you know if, even if we have to put in say a 4500 gallon you know stripping still operation with a pot still that's what we're going to do a good example <laughs> is um, we chose not to source bourbon when we first opened. Um, that was a, a conscious decision. We looked at the pros and cons. Hindsight being 2020, we would have been profitable a lot earlier had we have done that. Um, but we can say with pride from day one, everything that we've made has been from us. Had we have sourced, uh, then once you start making your own distillate, you've got to get everybody's palate accustomed to what you're now putting out versus what you're buying and putting in a bottle and slapping your label on it. 
Um, so once again, it's a completely different flavor profile. So it's the same concept. That makes sense. One thing I got to tell you is I posted a picture of the dog. I saw it. <laughs> and and, <laughs> and cute. we got two here. The dog. Well, yeah, you do have two. You do have two dogs, but everybody is is going crazy on Instagram right now. Are they with over us? your dog? Yeah. <laughs> He's our baby. And we got Wolfgang and Cass, and uh, and they are fixtures here at the distillery. We have people now that walk up, and they'll they might be second or third visit coming to see us, and they'll like, where's Wolfgang? Where's Cass? You know, I mean they're they'll be hanging out in the gift shop. They're they're our version of Jimmy Russell. You know, <laughs> yeah. they're always here. Except yeah. kids love to snuggle with ours. You know, <laughs> hey, Jimmy's a pretty snuggly guy. But the but in the case of the dogs, I mean that it's we got a farm atmosphere. We got cats. We got dogs. Um, we've talked about you know bringing in other animals, and at some point we may. <laughs> Somebody's gonna have to take yeah, care of someone them. Someone will take care of them. But well, it's like having anything? a baby. Somebody's got to change its diaper. <laughs> I mean, you guys could do cows and and maybe you know, just goats and things that just eat grass that you can kind of put out there and, just, and corn stalks. <laughs> you don't have to do much. You, what do you? What do you got? You would have vet bills, and you'd have to have somebody take care of them if you're not gonna be the one taking care of them. Yeah. Like right now, we've got a cat who's got an ear issue that we've got and she's half feral but she's lived here since 2010 yeah and we've, 2009. we've had all of our animals spayed in there they they're, they're, they're all taken care like of fed well and uh so we've got to figure out how to catch this cat and bring it to the vet because she's got this swollen ear and we we want to take care of the animals you know and usually we end up with strays that's how wolfgang came he wandered so, up and Silo. He was gonna stay. Yeah. And he yeah. didn't have a collar though, right? Like you didn't cut off oh, a collar. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. He's ours. He's, he's ours now. No, 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 no. Trust, trust me. You I would have loved to have found the owner. <laughs> well, we love him. He's an awesome dog, and we've had him for ten years now. Yep. Probably. Yeah. So he's he's probably eleven or twelve. Um, but I think because so many people know we're big animal lovers and we're in the country unfortunately animals do get dropped in this area if that was the case there's an alpaca farm up the, up the street i've been dying to get an alpaca <laughs> <laughs> those things will spit at you oh, they will it's like a camel yeah. a or a goat Sorry, if you get a goat ticked off enough so we've talked a lot about what you guys are currently offering where do you see mb roland going in the future. I was going to ask that. That's a great question. I beat you to it. You did. <laughs> it's like I've done a podcast before. <laughs> it's it's nice though. I like this podcast. Not I, I know we've kind of been a little bit everywhere, but we have been picking a barrel all morning and smoking cigars. But it's nice when Zeke's not here and there's people that are pros. <laughs> Because I get to kind of just sit back and say, like, no, you asked some questions. I'm just smoking this cigar right now. I mean, seriously, when you think about it, though, I mean, you you guys have fantastic whiskey that you've produced. You've got tequila, you have rye, you have bourbon, you have, uh, what else? You have weeded malts. I have to say this Kentucky Azul is really if if i were a tequila drinker this would 100 percent be the tequila that i would put in my glass if i were making a uh uh just any cocktail with that that calls for a tequila i mean it doesn't matter what it is i mean that's it's what i would put in it i'm from kentucky that's what i would put in it it's barrel aged it's from kentucky I feel like I'm cheating on my home state <laughs> if I don't use something from Kentucky. That's right. But all of that said, where do you guys see MB Rolling going moving forward? I mean, again, fantastic products. Thank fantastic you. products. We come here every year for a reason. Thank you. Hopefully, um, only going up. That's the that's the goal. You don't go in business to slide backwards, right? Um, so we are branching out to more states every year. And uh, one of our biggest things is, is getting our name out. That is, that is the biggest thing with any small business, marketing, uh, brand awareness. We don't have a big portfolio, you know, from a standpoint of a, 
you know, conglomerate that has products in every single category. Uh, well, I mean, we've got plenty of product. That's yeah, but I'm talking about like you know, uh, household name conglomerates. Right. Yeah. Products. Yeah. That's that's the big thing. Right. So, um, but uh, you know, we've made more every year, and we plan on making more. You know, as time goes by. Right. I have to tell you, I can't wait to see where you guys go. I know we've been wanting to come up and actually talk to you guys for a while, so thank you for spending the time with us today. I, I do have to ask, Seth and Aaron, I know you guys are whispering, you're kibitzing over there, but have you made a damn decision yet? <laughs> that's what we're just barrels? whispering about. I know, on the spot. I heard that's you. What, that's we're what we're whispering about. I'm putting you on the, but we've had, I, I do want to mention, right, let's talk about their barrel pick program for a second, because... I've done a couple of picks up here. I did a pick with uh, the Bourbon Cartel. I've done a pick with you all. Paul's really good about, you know, he brings out five bourbon, five rye, and and you can kind of pick what you like out of all this. We'll sit around. Uh, Mary Beth, I want to say thank you for going to get pizza. (laughs) Well, I tell you, I worked so hard doing that. I know. You're so welcome. I know. They had a phone number. Right. And and they they did not have a phone that you could call them, so you actually had to one. physically go yeah, there. That makes it better, right? But what I don't like about that is is I understand her point. She has to go there. She can't order until she gets there. Well, anything is fifteen minutes away up here. Yes, one hundred percent. Yes, she could have ordered the pizza, driven there, and the pizza would have been yes. ready by the time yeah, she got there. That's our point. Instead, yes. she had to go there, sit, order, wait. If you are in the area of MB Rolling Distillery, just have your stuff ready to go within ten minutes. But see, I grew up in Adams, Tennessee. I mean, that's you know, in that's the Robertson set, County, Robertson County, know. Tennessee. Yeah, so. Uh, it's nice area, I'm, but in the '70s, when I was when I was growing up, it was much uh, smaller than it is now, <laughs> and so it took 30 minutes to get anywhere. It wasn't uh, it wasn't like 15 minutes down the road, so it's no big deal to me. 30 minutes to get to the metropolis of Springfield. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I always like that episode of The Office where it's pizza by Alfredo or Alfredo's Pizzeria. And, and Michael orders, but you know they all say to go to Alfredo's and wrong answer, he orders Michael, by pizza. Wrong answer. He orders pizza by Alfredo, but he was supposed to order Alfredo's pizzeria, and then everybody gets pissed at him. I know I could look around and look at the name of this pizzeria, but I'm not going to say anything. Just if if you're around MB Roland and you own a pizza place and you listen to this podcast, <laughs> get a damn phone. <laughs> you know, like with with this day and age, you all could have a cell phone or a you legit have, website to where you could accept orders online. Yes, there's a yeah, thing sure. called Uber Eats. There's an spectacular app. thing. There's an app. Get a pizza app. Do y'all have a, a bourbon app yet? No, we don't have an app yet. Those things are expensive. Are they? Yeah, super expensive. We're gonna have to hook you up with some people. And it's can, not. It's not the design. It's the maintenance. No. To keep not. them updated. That's not. Uh, that's, that's what I do every day is digital marketing. We could probably between John and myself, we could probably help you with that. Yeah, Seth. Seth is gonna get the MBR app <laughs> <laughs> tomorrow. Tomorrow. Okay. It'll be live then, before we even leave the uh, premises. And the best one, Mary Beth, is that. Not only could you say that a distillery is named after you, you could say an app is named after you. There you go. And there could be like distillery games like Catch the Dog. (laughs) All sorts of stuff. (laughs) But seriously, though, how does it make you feel that I have Mary Beth on my phone, Paul? He's okay. She can handle herself. (laughs) He's all right. So, have you all decided on a damn? I'm going to turn it over to you. What are we picking? So, as you went through the the rye, there were two that you really liked. As you went through the bourbon, there were there were two and a half. I think in the bourbon that you really liked. There were there was one that we really liked, but it would need a little bit more time in the barrel. And then there were two that we were really debating over. There was one. Rye that pairs very, very, very well with a cigar. There's a bourbon that tastes like cornbread and Twizzlers to me. 
What did you all go with? Because there's a lot of good stuff here. So I, I will interject there. We, we try stuff straight up. We blended, we blended a few bottles. Oh, you guys did your homework. Don't get yeah, me wrong. We did. We had stuff with cigars. We had stuff with food. We had stuff straight up. Um, you you had, fed it to the dogs, see which one they liked better. We haven't gone that far yet. That's, <laughs> that's next. But that's not, that's not going to decide what we end up picking. Uh, but we, we did a lot of stuff. So we did. So between all ten, we ended up uh, going with uh, bourbon number E. Yep. Bourbon uh, E. Bourbon solid e. pick. It's it's very good. Um, it's it's the nose. It's nice, creamy. A lot of corn. Uh, a little bit of licorice, anise. Um, the palate was just phenomenal. Nice spice, pepper. A lot, a lot of sweet corn, like he was saying. You know, a little bit of cornbread. Uh, a lot of vanilla. Um, the finish was long, nice, spicy. Got a lot of re uh, red hots, rye. It's just, it's great bourbon. And I will oh, say, well if you liked Grandma's Candy Bowl, you will like this. Good. Grandma's Good. Grandma's Candy Bowl, and and I will say that that Mike and you and the others at MB Rowland had a term for it. It was cake batter. When I came p came to pick up the barrel, it was cake batter. This is the cake batter barrel. We called it the butterscotch barrel. It was grandma's candy bowl. That's what we rolled out with. I think this is this is on par with that. And and I'm going to call this one cornbread and Twizzlers. There you go. There you go. <laughs> with red hots. <laughs> with red hots. Cornbread red with, with, hot. With a pop of red hots. Cake. <laughs> sure. Just, sure. I think it needs to, the sticker needs to be a dog holding <laughs> Twizzlers, cornbread, and red hots. <laughs> And Grandma's Candy Bowl. And Grandma's Candy Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> All I, right. I think it's a solid pick, and I don't think anybody tasting it will be disappointed. I think that e-bourbon is a very, very good pick. It, it's nice. It's a lot of baking spice in there, as, as well as the Red Hot and the licorice. I think it's a, a good all-around pick, and everybody's going to be very happy with it. As far as everything going on at MB Roland, you know, Mary Beth, Paul, thank you guys so much. We we can't wait to come back and do another You're podcast with welcome. you all. Thank you very much for coming. Oh, no, I think this was fun. I think it, this shows y'all's personality very well in the sense that it's a very down-home, y'all are good people, and we're just lucky we're to spend some time with you. So. Yeah, they're, they're extremely great people. I mean, if you come here for a pick, you're going to get what you've heard today or tonight, depending on when you're listening to it. Um, that, probably not today or tonight. i got to edit well, it. Well, I'm just saying, as in listening to yes. it. Uh, that, that's what you're going to get. You, you hear what you get. Fantastic people. I mean, they roll out the red carpet for you. Uh, we sampled, what was it, uh, 10, 15, 15 bourbon arise today. We tried a couple of other things. And the bourbon that we've ultimately gone with, uh, the tasting notes were cherries. It was very sweet. Light oak, uh, some caramel. Uh, the palate was really well balanced. Uh, just a great body, creamy, long finish. Just, just a good, sweet, balanced bourbon. And th that's what these guys do at MB Rowland. And you're never going to be disappointed when you come here. I will have to say one last note that Aaron and I have been doing this for three years in a row now. And these guys are just phenomenal how they take care of people that come down to see them. It is one of the best bourbon experiences that I've ever had in my life. Like Aww, you come so down nice. here, these guys roll out the red carpet. They they literally give you some of the best samples that they have in their rickhouse, and you get to taste those, and then you get to pick some of the best samples that they have. Like a lot of those samples that that they're bringing out are earmarked for things that they want to do single barrels or they want to put in their gift shop. And they will literally give those to you so you can buy those for yourselves. And we've done this three years in a row, and I can't see that there's not going to be a fourth year in a row. No, absolutely. No, because that's the only time I get to seven. see you guys. So. <laughs> Keep going. I, I hope we, we have the Dad Drinking Bourbon Firewater Review Conclave once a year. It's something I look forward to every year. But... Um, People can find Firewater Review at Firewater Review. 
I hope we get to see some podcasts coming soon. But we Seth, Aaron, Jeremy, thank you very, very much for coming. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, thank you. Thanks awesome. for having us. We appreciate the uh, Mary Beth and, and Paul for having us here and, and Mike and I mean just the hospitality that we've had here it's been a great experience as it is every year and John and Zeke no thanks to you uh, <laughs> no, nobody thanks Zeke nobody ever we, thanks Zeke we, Zeke is a jerk we appreciate it I mean every year and, and year out that's why we come here it, it really Wait, there's is there's two of you? yeah there is one of us didn't make it I am the one who knows how to record which is the most important part. So I'm the one that you want to have show up. <laughs> the one that can edit on. The one that can comments. record and edit and all that stuff. Zeke just kind of shows up and drinks. But so you're the dad that actually got the babysitter. Yes. Well, my daughter's at school right now, and I'm going to be home in time to cook dinner for my family because <laughs> I'm a good dad, and I put the family first. So I, I, took, I took the day off of work. That's why we're wrapping up now because I have to drive back to Tennessee and make dinner. But uh, I, Paul, Mary Beth, Mike, Taylor, Liz, all the good folks over here at MB Roland, Thank you very much for having us. They can follow you at MB Roland on Instagram, yeah. MB Roland on Facebook, MBRoland.com. Mm -hmm. And and make sure you check out everything they have. I do have to say, you know, their their bourbon, their rye, their wheat whiskey, they're all good. That Kentucky Azul is even better. Uh, and and this is a bourbon show, but that is a special bottle right there. And, and I hope you. people show up to the gift shop and have that. Check out MB Rolling. They're doing great things. I know there are going to be great things to come in the future, and we can't wait to come do a follow-up with you when those things are, are coming into fruition. Yep. So we will share it all. Cheers. 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 <laughs> Later.